0: this is invest like a honeybee the podcast where you learn to be smart with your money and invest wisely before we get started please remember that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only i'm not an investment advisor please make sure you discuss any changes to your portfolio with your registered advisors i may continue to hold stocks i discuss in this podcast or not depending on when you listen to this podcast, this is about "Invest like a honeybee." I'm Henry J. Speck. Let's get started. This is the second clip of my interview with Adam Carroll. You'll find that we sort of dive deep into some different concepts to help understand better where he's at today and how he sees things moving forward. Let's listen up to
1: this final part of our interview water starts leaking out of the light fixtures in the kitchen.
0: Yeah.
1: And, you know, from that point forward, it was just like the What's money. What's the smell? What's the smell like? Great question. So, smelled fine, a little musty in the house, but the reason was there was a three-season, what I would even call a four-season porch built onto the home where they had a hot tub. The hot, the, the room had been built around the hot tub. No. The hot tub was filled with mold. Oh, and we could not get the hot tub out. So we had to figure out how do we pump it out? How do we refill it? Get it working again. We managed to do that. But then one of our first tenants was like, I hate this hot tub. I don't want this in here. How do I get rid of it? So what was the rent at the time? Sorry, what were you get collecting in rent? We were collecting about eighteen hundred dollars a month. Plus utilities? Plus utilities. And what yep. was it costing you to keep the place? About fourteen hundred. So, so you're making four hundred bucks. Yep. Yeah, which pretty good. pretty good, but in the grand scheme of things, if I'm over there multiple times a month, pain in the. And back, all of that right? was going to roses for your wife anyway, so you really had no money left. That's exactly right. Oh, That's exactly man. right. And uh, so, but the the best story about the hot tub is, we cut the the hot tub in half with a circular saw, <laughs> to be able to take it out in two pieces. So that was a that yeah that should have been a YouTube video in of itself. What'd you sell the place for? we sold it for 190 ouch yep so holding costs we had at 160 you know over the course mm-hmm. of several years i think we'd paid it down to 155 152 something like that sold it for 190 um and i ended up going back to the bank and negotiated some uh some forgiveness on the loan itself because of what had transpired you know now, the toughest the
0: part season. here though and this is what you did that most people don't do, is you kept going, didn't you? You didn't just say, that's it. I'm never buying another property. I'm never investing again. I'm going back to work at the nine to five at the local uh, yep. accounting office or something. You yep. said, no. So take us, because this is the most important piece, I think, because yep. we all fail, right? Like i totally. Like, but we keep getting up. Either we're dumb or stupid. We just keep going. You can't, you can't, until you, we're like cockroaches. You got to really kill us. <laughs> yeah. So what got you to get up? And keep going. Like, how did you do that after that mistake? I, and I'm sure your wife lived that with you.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, you know, part of it is, how did I do that, I think, is your question. I knew that passive income was what we were about. I mean, I knew that that deep down, and this goes back to some of the mentorship and guidance I've had over the years. Um, uh, I think it was Mark Victor Hansen or uh, Jim Rohn may have even said it years ago. But it's the idea that that if for true financial freedom, you have to figure out how to make money while you sleep. You have to, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And real estate is still one of the best ways to do that. So what I realized was I had I had made mistakes in the way I bought that, but I liked the idea of owning real estate. I liked having assets. And I eventually kind of meandered into the the area of REITs and syndications and realized that I don't have to be the best landlord, I can be a great investor. I have to pick the right syndicator or sponsor because they're going to go out and find the investments that are, that are, you know, returning prime numbers. So we, we dipped our toe in the water with a couple of those and then realized, well, this is great. I was making 400 bucks a month on this other deal, but if I put 50 grand in this thing, we might make five or 600 bucks a month on, on that return. Um, so every time we do that, we just knew it was like owning another property that just increased our passive income number. Did you ever buy another one? Oh yeah. We bought duplexes and we're looking at an eightplex right now.
0: Oh, wonderful. That, so, so yeah. how many of these guys, this is good talking. I I, I understand the other stuff, but I yeah. love talking about duplexes and an eightplex. That's awesome. So, so how many, yeah. how many doors have you got now? Uh, we, so if we're talking syndications are just the ones we own. No, just the ones where you have to, you have management probably, but. You know ones that you you personally you and your wife or you own the deed or whatever yep yep at this point just two we have
1: Good. two duplexes Two duplexes. wonderful yep in what city of the world here in des moines des moines yep. iowa yep. here in des moines iowa we, we college, follow the is it college kids or uh no they're like young professionals that rent from us um des moines is an amazing place there's a lot of white collar jobs here you know insurance level jobs that are making 60 to 80 grand a year Yep. Um, but a lot of young people, millennials and Gen Z that don't want to spend, uh, you know, they want to spend some money on a, on a nice, a nice place, but they don't want to buy yet. So what's the average rent out there? You're probably going to get a one bedroom joint for somewhere in the neighborhood of a thousand to 1200 $1, bucks. Plus utilities. Yep. Plus and utilities. what
0: would, if a duplex is bringing in say 2,500 plus a month, yep. what would you be paying for that?
1: If you I wanted get to get buy... one for a couple hundred grand. That's $2, 000, great. 250, maybe at the top end. So you're cash flowing on those? Yeah,
0: yeah, yep. And tell, can you can you share a little about the eightplex? So you're not you don't want to do that yet?
1: No, no, no. Happy to do so. This is one we're in due diligence with this owner right now. But um, eight doors. It's it's actually two fourplexes side by side, single pitch roof, brick exterior. They're they're cute little, you know, easy to maintain, easy to manage properties. All of the units are the exact same. So if you're swapping out carpet or you know uh, LVP, it's easy to do. Um, and they, uh, so it would roughly sell for around 800,000, about a hundred thousand a unit. And the rent right now is somewhere between eight and 900 bucks a month for these deals. And is that fair rent or is that highly underpriced? I would say it's a little underpriced for the area. Mm. Yeah. Not grossly, but 50 to $75 increases. So is your
0: strategy long-term hold or pay it down and refi or what is your long, is this like you're a young guy, but
1: is this something you do keep them until you're like gone off the planet or? Yeah. Great question. You know, my, um, my parents are retired. My in-laws are soon to be retired. They each have money sitting on the sidelines right now, trying to figure out what to do and where it should go. And I said, you know, they don't, they don't necessarily want to go drop it in a syndication that they don't understand. But they are willing to support someone who knows how to make money. And I said, what if we just create a little bit of a family biz here where we pour funds in, we go buy this property, you guys get cash flow monthly every month. And it'll be a buy and hold strategy for a significant period of time until we decide to level up. How do you know that wouldn't change your relationship? What a psychological question to ask. <laughs> no, it's also um,
0: common. I just, I heard this a lot in the office, but also personally, when you start mixing money with family, people, it's like there's a different character comes out of the closet that you've yeah. never met until you dealt with. I've never had this in my family. I've been lucky. Yeah. But In the office over my 30 years in practice, this was a common thing I deal with where a person well-intentioned would yep. do what you're saying and pull totally.
1: the money. And then it was like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, family strife and all that stuff. No more um, Thanksgiving dinners. It, truly. <laughs> you, you know, know the um, there's a saying my grandfather was famous for, for using all the time, and it was uncommunicated expectations are merely pre-planned resentments. And so how would I do that? The way that we've talked about it is identifying all the expectations up front, right, around how much goes in and how much you're expecting out and what this looks like long term and what capex over the next five years might be and how do we uh how do we contribute to a fund that that deals with that um we're st- i would say we're still exploring it henry sure uh, i have i have it on good faith that, that it'll go well um my wife is typically the one who sees chinks in the armor a little bit so <laughs> she's good at reminding me of those and we have those conversations but,
0: How are banks out in, in Des Moines, Iowa right now? Are they are they open-minded to an Aplex from yourself, or is it a struggle?
1: Very, no, very open. And in fact, um, because of the work that I do with credit unions, there are just a plethora of credit unions around me that would love to do those kinds of deals. Okay, so just briefly, you yep. get out of high school. Uh, Where did you go to college? I went to the University of Northern Iowa. Uh, oh, we call it the Harvard of Iowa.
0: Good good football there, too. Don't you have some incredible football history, Northern yeah. Iowa?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, in fact, uh, Kurt Warner came out of... Yeah, that's know, right. That's yeah. right. Now, listen, what did you study? I was a broadcasting major, believe it or not. No, I believe it. And, and I thought I was going to be either radio or TV. And I quickly realized that people on the radio and in TV, on TV, the first five to ten years make no money. And you're doing it for the love of the business. And I did love the business, but not enough to go, you know, go hungry every month. Mm-hmm. And so I realized that uh, the the folks in marketing and sales did a lot better. And so I sold radio advertising and direct mail marketing and all these kinds of things until I realized that my passion really was financial literacy. Yeah. And I, I sort of then began to marry the two. And today I would call myself more of a media preneur, you know, where yeah. I... So, talk so about. our time's
0: winding, but I want to hear more. I, I've done some background, but I want you to tell us a little bit about the shred method that you talk
1: yeah. about. Uh to tell us a little bit about that. Well, the shred method is a cash flow tool that we use. Uh it's a it's a methodology or a philosophy. It's not brand new, although I think we've put a new spin on it and really enhanced what's been done in the past. Um a lot of people have heard about mortgage acceleration, how to blast away your mortgage in record time. And what we do is we help people get rid of one of the largest expenses they'll ever have in life, which is the interest expense on debt. And then we take that savings as well as the equity you've built in a property. And we teach folks how to create a bank of money that allows them to invest at a different scale. And then we teach them how to create massive passive permanent streams of income. Do they, so they it's increase essentially, leverage? Sorry, Adam, do they do they leverage up more or not? They're actually leveraging down at the beginning Mm -hmm. And then as they go, as they kind of go up into phase two and phase three, the leverage is very, very nominal. I mean, it's, it's far less than they would have otherwise. Um, So how is that
0: different than going to your bank and say, I want to double my mortgage payment every other month, or I want to add 200 bucks or something? Like, how does that, how is that different than what the shred method does?
1: Yeah. You could compare it with even a 10-year fixed mortgage or a 15-year and making extra payments, right? Okay. Okay. The, the thing that most people do if they say, I just want to be out of my mortgage is they lock themselves into a 10-year fixed at you know some low percentage, but then what they're also locked into is a high payment.
0: Hmm. And
1: so if things go south or, or change their financial picture, um, they're left in a stressful situation where now we have this huge mortgage payment. What are we going to do? Now we have to refi and so on and so forth. Our mentality is, Take a long mortgage, 30-year fixed mortgage at whatever interest rate you can get, hopefully as low as possible. And then through the shred method, we're going to teach you how to leverage your your extra discretionary income to blast away that debt in record time. But you're going to do it in a way that increases your liquidity. So if you just simply said, I'm going to send an extra every month, the money is locked in the bank. They're not going to give it back to you if you need it you have to have some vehicle some some what we would call a shred account that would al- allow you to access that and then through a software program that we've created uh what we're doing is we're teaching you how to how to leverage short-term interest against long-term interest you're you're basically borrowing short sums of money for a few days to deploy against your long-term amortized debt the mortgage which in the end what it does is it shaves Dozens of years off your mortgage. For most people, we can we can pay off a home in three to five, three to seven years.
0: Is it software or coaching? People co- like, is there a person
1: or is it actual software? Or what is it?
0: The shred method. So
1: it's both and. So the the shred method itself is coaching. It's a community of people who are also doing this, where we have calls and yep. you know, strategy sessions and Q and A and all of that. But the the software itself is really what powers your day to day, week to week decisions. So is that your business now? it it is and and I'm I'm still probably 60/40 in the speaking world I still make a good chunk of my income going out and doing presentations yeah but 60% today is really focused on building the shred method as a software and coaching program because we know that we can help hundreds and at some point thousands mm-hmm. if not tens of thousands of people create freedom in their lives and you to your point you you had a show recently you did around more money does not necessarily make you happier. Mm. And what, what I've found, even in some of the interviews I've done that the happiest retirees out there are ones who have their mortgage paid off because right. there's less pressure. There's less stress. They can wake up every day and know they own what they, they, they own the, the castle they live in. And what if you could do that in your thirties or forties, not your fifties or sixties? You know, how would, how would life change? I'm a little obsessed with the whole
0: happiness thing. You probably know that that's the sort of a latest yeah. thing. But before we get there, I want to ask you another question. Someone comes to you and says, okay, say they're 35 yep. and they say, grandma just left me 250 grand and I have a yep. 250 grand mortgage. Yep. I just want to pay that mortgage off and I don't want to have a mortgage anymore. Yep. What would be like, cause you know, some people would say, no, you know, invest it, blah, blah, blah. What would be yep. your simple advice? Not simple, but how would you guide someone with that kind of decision making?
1: When we've had these situations time and again, Henry, where someone's got a, a business windfall or a personal windfall of some kind, and we like to start out coaching them around what is the end goal here? You know, if, if you look out 10 years, 15, 20 years, what does that look like? What does retirement look like? What is taking care of your family? Are you paying for weddings? So on and so forth. And then building a strategy for them, with them, around that amount of money if you just simply dropped it on your mortgage and said, "Cool, I'm mortgage-free," but you carried on with the exact same habits that you had before, well that might lead to100,000 dollars in credit card debt at some level. So what we want to do is begin to shift and change the behavior so they've set the right habits, and they've built the strategy that gets them out of debt, built a, built a, a you know, a honey pot, if you will, uh, you know, a, an amount of money that they're comfortable with that's growing over time. So it's not a super simple, just drop 250 on your mortgage and call it good. It might be, well, let's put 100 against your mortgage. Let's accelerate the amortization table to a point where you can then recast your mortgage and get your mortgage payment down super low. And then let's show you how to shred that thing over the course of three years. And now you've got 150 in investments. You've got a paid off home. You've got an extra three grand of discretionary income. Now we're talking about how to build real wealth. And that's way more strategic than what most people would would get yeah. from an advisor. And, and
0: this isn't a commercial, folks, because we didn't arrange this. But how would they get a hold yeah. of you? If the, What's the website? How did they get a hold of digging into the Shred Method if they want to learn more?
1: We're big on education. We're not a sales organization. This is about educating people. And if, if this makes sense to you, great. TheShredMethod.com is the best place to go. You'll watch a master class. You can get a 20-minute call with one of our coaches just to run your numbers and see what's possible. And candidly, Henry, most people are shocked. They're like aghast at how fast they can be out of debt. And, and all they're doing is using their existing income. They just pivot the way that that income is used through their household for a period of time. Um, so the shredmethod.com is probably the best place to go. A couple more. And I know
0: we're running out of time, but
1: it's fun talking to you. How do you start yeah.
0: your day? Uh, you I love the- this question. What do you do in the morning? Like take take me right up until if you can define a typical day, that would be extra special. But
1: yeah, my day um, my day always ends at either nine or ten thirty p.m. Whoa! And if, if it's nine or nine p.m., the reason it ends at nine p.m. is I'm getting up at four thirty two the next morning.
0: Talking work day here. We're talking work, work day, day. Work so day. So you work until
1: nine or ten? Okay. No, no, no sorry, no, no, no. I'll, <laughs> I'll work until maybe five five thirty okay. uh, on a given day. But at at 4.32 in the morning, my alarm goes off. I get up. uh, I typically will meditate for 10 or 15 minutes. Um, I go work out with a group of guys four to five mornings a week at 5.15. So we'll work out from 5.15 to 6 a.m. And then about 6.15, 6.20, I get home, take a shower. And I'm ready to get started with my day by 6.45 or 7 at the very latest. But my workday usually is 7 until about uh, 11 AM is my first work sprints. I'll usually have lunch appointments from 11 to around one, and then I'll do more work sprint from one to five. And, um, you know, on a typical day, I'm, I'm either here in my studio or I'm out meeting with people, um, or on, you know, three or four occasions during the month, I might be traveling for a speaking gig. Did um, does your
0: wife work with you or is she working in a different business?
1: My wife's a school nurse, so she's okay. at a middle school, uh, and- you know, has a nursing job, loves the job, um, but will likely be done in the next two or three years. Because she's just <laughs> like, I think I'm ready to, to do other things. And what's your thing for fun? What do you do for fun when you're not working? I love to watch movies. I'm a huge movie buff. And at the movies is even better. So if I can go to a movie theater in the middle of the day, that is like the best break in my, my month. Um, I love to play basketball with my sons. Uh, they're both really adept at basketball and I'm not. So we laugh and carry on cause I'll shoot threes out of nowhere and make them. And they're like, how on earth is this happening? Um, but I love to hang with them. My daughter is one of my favorite people. So spending time with her is, is, is a, a joy. Um, so yeah, those things. Well, Adam, I want to thank you. I just,
0: I just wanted to summarize, maybe you could summarize for us again. I'm back to this, um, what you talk about financial literacy today. Yeah. Um, in the gaps that we have. Has it gotten better since your TED Talk and your Monopoly game, or do you think we're the same? Where do you think we're at? And in, in, in the final question I had, do, do people still hit you up on the TED Talk thing? Because that's what I went to right away when I got that email from you. Yes.
1: Uh, uh, it, I'll answer the second question first. Yes, okay. they do. They still. I get TED Talk questions all the time. Yep. But what I love, love, is when someone says, man, you look familiar. I know I know you <laughs> some from somewhere. And I'll say, there are a lot of bald dudes with glasses out there. You know, you've probably <laughs> just seen somebody who looks like me. Yeah. And then and then I'll say, do you ever watch YouTube, TED Talks? Do you have anything on, you know, on a uh, playlist? Because I'm on a lot of playlists, particularly around money and psychology and things like that. Um, that's usually where people know me. As it relates to how we are today, the state of financial education in our country has gotten better over the last 10 years. And there are a lot of... Uh, There are a lot of pioneers in this industry who've been here a long time with me. We've locked arms. We're going out there. We're trying to change uh, financial literacy for the masses. It has gotten better, but we're nowhere near where we need to be, Henry. And I think shows like yours are a great uh, additional plug-in point for people who want to know more about money because we're just not talking about it enough.
0: So I'll end it there. And I I just want to say it was a pleasure interviewing Adam and being able to interact with him and his knowledge base of, of what he's done what he's accomplished and his goals for financial literacy for all of us so again I'm Hank Sveck for invest like a honeybee talk to you again next week